So I thought, okay, now each day is important. Each, whatever I do each day is, is it. So for me, going out and running again was like, I would rather die doing this than waiting, taking pills and, and you know, like adding years to my life, but not really doing anything that's fulfilling me or challenging me. It was like, yeah, more to actually get out and experience life and make the most of it. Because we never know, uh, none of us know when it's actually, you know, when it's going to end. Um, so why the hell not make the most of it right now? Welcome to Move With Gratitude, a brand new podcast from us here at Run Grateful. My name is Mark White and I'm the founder of Run Grateful, which is a social initiative aimed at growing a global running community with a focus on gratitude practice, using the power of movement as our vehicle. Join me as I have insightful conversations with others as we dive deep into personal stories, talking all things movement and gratitude. We hope you enjoy the episodes as much as we enjoyed recording them. And don't forget, don't just run, run grateful. Good morning. Uh, it was morning here in the UK on a, on a beautiful Friday. The, the sun is shining for once in London because uh, that hasn't been the case for a good period of time. I can see by the tan on our guest this morning, uh, Ian, that uh, it's probably a bit sunnier where he is in the world, and I've heard it is. So uh, welcome, Ian Morgan. Hi, how are you doing? Good, good. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for the intro. No worries. So, um, yeah, great to have you on board. Great to have you part of our first series of this uh, Run Grateful Move With Gratitude podcast podcast. Uh, yeah, really chuffed, you know, to, to uh, be able to yeah, talk with you this morning and uh, dive a bit deeper into who you are and some of your stories because it, it looks like you've got a few to share, you know, really, really, really powerful stories, uh, which, which is amazing uh, to see. And yeah, listen, we just have a conversation around movement, and around gratitude and, and everything that it kind of involves, really. So we see where the conversation takes us. But first of all, Ian, I'm going to introduce you properly. And uh, just shed a little bit of light as to where you come from and uh, a little bit about what you've got up to. And that would be the spark of, uh, of yeah, how, how our conversation goes, really. So uh, it looks like you've led a conventional life um, in New Zealand before a significant amount of life events, including a heart attack and an earthquake, blimey, uh, really made you take stock and change the direction of your life, which you lead today. So I'm really keen to obviously explore that. Uh, wow, what a couple of things to happen. Um, so here's a bit more detail around when the Christchurch earthquake happened or hit in 2011. Uh, you were a super successful businessman in New Zealand. And today you are a super successful ultra runner. Uh, which is great. So uh, there's the time with the running. Uh, so yeah, just an unreal story. Um, you were around 102, 103 kilograms, which uh, wasn't the best, uh, but the earthquake uh, triggered something in you, uh, whether it was stress or something, uh, realised that you needed to do something about your health. Uh, so you started to run around the block uh, and then you joined a running group in Christchurch, entering some races. And um, before you knew it, you were competing in the, in the 10Ks, half marathons and marathons. And, uh, and then also, um, you know, that's, that's led on to, to other distances, etc. So you began taking running seriously after collapsing uh, at the Queenstown Marathon last year um, and being diagnosed with heart disease. Wow, bloody hell. Okay, so you thought, okay, uh, time is limited. So kind of off you go, I suppose, for want of a better word. Uh, and you decided to just to go for it. 
So today you are a professional sponsored ultra runner, lives uh, a normal life, you know, combining your love for travel with your other passion for for running, uh, in particular long distances. So, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I've read that, you know, um, before we spoke, but reading it out loud, you know, and, uh, and with you here now in the room, albeit virtually, it's, uh, yeah, it really hits home. You know, just around sometimes what life throws at us, and uh, and the journey we're all on, and you know where where we are in our life cycle really determines kind of our next steps. You know, and how we view ourselves and, and the world, etc. So, yeah, I don't know where you want to start, Ian, but but let's maybe start to, at that crossroads, if you want to call it that. Uh, when, um, yeah, may, maybe the, the the heart attack, I suppose. Or, um, yeah, well, tell us tell us more about that time in your life. Okay, Mark. Well, um, thanks for the, um, the the brief bio there. I guess um, hmm. to, to to put it in context, uh, it it's it sounds more than it actually is. Like uh, the earthquake is a natural disaster that can happen anywhere. Um, and I was just a regular business guy. I wasn't, you know, like yeah, yeah, I was doing okay, um, but. Um, yeah, no, nothing extraordinary or out of the normal, just a regular Kiwi guy uh, working hard, raising a family. Um, just, you know, I, I guess fitting into the, the box of uh, middle class, um, middle income, middle everything life, um, you know, which, which is perfectly fine. Um, however, I, I guess the events of the earthquake and the finding out about the heart disease um, were a catalyst to a change of not, not so much uh, changing my life because I was unhappy with, um, you know, the, the path I was on, but because mm -hmm. I believed there was something more um, that I wanted to do with my life rather than pay yes. mortgages and bills and yeah, buy stuff. Um, and also, uh, also the the uh, collapse and the surgery and the uh, um, heart disease stuff was all. It was in uh, 2015. I should point out. So, um, jumping forward, last year uh, I was actually in hospital with COVID, but <laughs> that's another oh, wow. story again. Um, okay. uh, in Brazil, uh, actually. Uh, but anyway, that's a, that's another whole story, uh, and and one that. Um, uh was was interesting as well so yeah uh let's start so i i guess to put it in perspective the the first um uh trigger or catalyst for change in my life was that earthquake in 2011 but it didn't happen at the time it happened probably two to three years down the track after that where i was under a lot of pressure constantly and stress Regarding, um, I went to court, took insurance companies to court um, and the uh, New Zealand government actually, and was fighting to get, uh, actually just to get paid by the insurance companies. And uh, to put, put that in context without going into the full story, um, I've only just been paid one claim now, 10 years later. Um, wow. wow. So, so let's just, you know, like when people say, um, Oh yeah, well you know it happened ten years ago. For the people that it actually happened to, the disaster wasn't necessarily the quake, but actually dealing with the bureaucracy and uh, I guess trying to figure out how to get what they'd paid for all the years with their insurance. And but that's a whole other story. 
we're not getting into that here. I'm grateful that uh, I am an ultra runner and I probably have the endurance to just steadily plod along with things and go mm. through the processes yeah, to make mm. that happen. Anyway, mm. so yeah, a couple of years after that, I, I um, and I found I was super stressed from these, these court cases and, and dealing with all these situations. I was unfit. I was unhappy. Um, and, and I thought, when was the last time I was happy in my life? Um, and also, let's put it in perspective. I was probably very ungrateful for everything that I did have at the time, too, because, you know, I thought that getting more was the answer when I didn't realize that actually what I had was more than I ever needed. Um, yes. So, so I was, you know, sitting there thinking, when was I last happy? And, and I thought when I was a kid, and we used to live near the hills, I used to spend a lot of time in the hills, running, playing, exploring. And I thought, man, the last time I was really fulfilled and happy was, was when I had nothing, but I had mm. just that shared joy of being outdoors um, and the ability to move freely. So mm. I decided I was going to go and run. I just felt this overwhelming, I don't know, urge to, to go out and run. And I did. Um, I know that sounds a little cliche and, and people sort of liken it to a, you know, like a Hollywood movie or something, but it actually really, really was that simple. Uh, mm -hmm. I, and, it, and at this at this time, Ian, you were overweight as well. You said you said you were unhealthy, but it sounds yeah. like you, you were a few kilos. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, I was. Um, I mean, at my heaviest, uh, I think I was, you know, kicking at the like one oh eight something like that. But I remember I specifically weighing myself at that time uh, when I started to change, and I was around about a hundred and hundred and two, hundred and three kilos. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, at that time when I started to run, I wasn't fit. I didn't do any exercise. I drank a lot. I ate a lot. And um, I had a high-stress lifestyle. So, yeah, I started and it was terrible for the first three to six months. It was hard, um, I must admit. It was shocking. Uh, it wasn't some like, you know, all of a sudden that's the answer and, and the weight just fell off and everything was magical. No, <laughs> it was uh, six months of, uh, injury, struggle, sweat. Um, but I, I found somewhere in all the, in my, the turmoil and the other things going on in my life, this kind of uh, meditative state where I could actually just be come back to the moment, breathe, be thankful for what I had, and, and just sort of be present with myself rather than like being in all these other um, problems that I was dealing with or situations that I was dealing with. It just sort of bought, centered me, I guess. Um, mm. and brought me back to the importance of the moment. And then uh, I got into running, got better over the next couple of years, lost the weight, obviously. Um, then I, well, I was still losing the weight when I was running the Queenstown Marathon 2015. Um, started in that race, found it hard to breathe, started to get a bit of a pain in uh, my shoulder. And I, I got about halfway through and I was like, feeling like, man, I, I just feel like terrible. I've got the flu or, I've, you know, something's going wrong, but I didn't know why. I, I just thought it was a virus, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, then I collapsed. Um, next thing I know, I was sort of coming to. Uh, uh, an ambulance was there. They were throwing me on the, um, uh, the stretcher, wheeled me into the back of the ambulance, and they hooked me up to some machines and said, we're getting you to hospital straight away. And I, I actually remember saying... Um, uh, I was a little bit delirious, but I remember saying, but, but what, what about the race? Uh, you know, like, and they said, no, we've, we've pulled you from the race. You can't continue. There's something wrong with you. Um, 
So I was, I was a little bit disappointed about that, not being able to finish. But, um, you know, <laughs> in, in hindsight, I'm, I'm grateful that the... Um, that I collapsed near an aid station and, and there was an ambulance actually really close by just by coincidence because someone had fallen over just down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they took me through to the local hospital there, uh, did some assessments, and they said, we want to get you to the cardiac unit, um, which was about uh, in, uh, one of the main hospitals about 200 kilometres away. And what's that, uh, about uh, 80 60, uh, about uh, 100 miles, I guess, 100, 120 miles away. So they threw me in an ambulance uh, the next day and I went through there, had some surgery and they found I had um, cardiovascular disease, blocked arteries and semi-blocked ones as well and et cetera. So, yeah. And was that like um, a family, looking at your family history, was it a consequence of your health and your, obviously uh, your, your overweight in, in the past and stuff or...? Yeah, family history, uh, probably, I mean, obviously, I'm not uh, relegating responsibility solely to genetics. My, my yeah. bad eating and health choices, too, obviously, uh, lifestyle choices. But, yeah, uh, family history, I never knew any of my ga- grandparents. They all died of heart attacks before I was born uh, in their 50s and 60s or heart-related issues. Uh, mm. Both my parents had pacemakers put in, had heart uh, disease and heart-related issues, Um my twin sister has had a heart attack as well, uh, actually, oh, wow. okay. uh, um, just a couple of years ago. So so it's like, yeah, I mean, mm. I guess there's a history in the family of it. So, yeah. mm. And was that your first marathon or was this something there that you kind of was in your was in your blood? You know, you were, you were out there doing these things. Yeah, I, w- I was probably running for about a year and a half to two years at that point. Um, let me think, 2015, 2014. Yeah, so around 2013-14, I, I sort of started on this journey. Um, so, yeah, I- I'd run, I think, one or two marathons before that at that point, mm-hmm. and I was dropping the weight. I, I, w- I was probably around about 80, 85, 86 kilos at that point, mm-hmm. Um However, you know, I was totally unaware of the the heart related issues. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and what was your relationship with running like uh, from the start? Was it was you keen on you know doing marathons and working towards distances of that nature and PBs, etc., or was you kind of more of a balanced? Uh, you know, you you were you were keen to go down that route with running and have that relationship with it, but also you've also mentioned words about it being a bit of a meditative state for you, and you really enjoy being present with it. So was it always that kind of mixed approach with what you know running was like for you? I think it started as a meditative state. Uh, and just as a way to almost like, you know, running away from my problems. It's like that, that time or that break away from all the other things that I had to, to deal with at the time. And I believe that's carried through to today as well. It's, it's still used as, as a meditative thing. I obviously, you know, I set myself some goals. I wanted to run the Boston Marathon, uh, et cetera. After I've been running for, you know, a year, I, I thought, okay, I'd like to do some things around setting some goals around this. But I don't think it's ever been the driving force to, to aim for PBs, to get um, um, faster or, or um, you know, set sort of time-based goals. It's really just about, for me, testing my boundaries, uh, mm-hmm. knowing, you know, seeing where they are, what they are, and how I react when, when I, I sort of find those limits, what happens. You know, mm-hmm. for an experiment in... Uh, 
in, in uh, human condition of, of how I react when, when things are really tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I really identify with where you fed that uh, back, that answer. And yeah, just that curiosity, isn't it? And it's just like, listen, there's a consequence of being consistent with anything in life, let alone running. You know, you maybe, you know, be able to go a bit further and get a bit faster. But, um, but yeah, then that curiosity kicks in around, okay, like, yeah, where could I go with this? You know, and it sounds like it's taken you all around the world. And, uh, and now you've kind of, you know, raised, raised the level distance wise. Uh, so, so after that, 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 that marathon went, you know, the, the heart, et cetera, was there any suggestion that this maybe wasn't a good thing for you to, to do? Uh, the, the running with, with your heart condition, et cetera, like how was that time for you? Was it probably like another wake up call, you know, about staying obvious? Yeah, good point. Um, yes, my uh, doctor at the time uh, had said, okay, well, that's sort of like the end of that distance stuff. Uh, you know, three <laughs> times a week, 30, 30 minutes uh, jog around the block sort of thing was like, okay, you can't, you know, put your, you put your body under this much pressure. So I thought, okay, and, you know, here's a whole lot of pills. Take these. Um, they'll, they'll help this. So I started to take the pills and I followed the advice. I you know, the, obviously my diet has already changed at this point, but then they, they said, well, you're going to, this is the diet we recommend, the, the Heart Foundation in New Zealand recommended diet. So I started to eat this food. I started to take these pills and I actually found I got worse and started to gain weight again. And I thought, this really isn't working. Um, mm, like, mm. and, you know, like, and, and I'm, this isn't a judgment of any of the medical uh, profession or, or, or the, the people that were treating me at the time. So I started to do my own research online um, and I'm not saying I use Dr. Google, you know, um, or anything like that, but started to do my own research into to how I could like, obviously I felt like I was going backwards a bit and how I could change. So looked at, um, you know, different um, diets, uh, different medical advice, the, 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 the treatment of, of heart disease and how it's progressed. And I, I guess I started to draw my own conclusions about how I was got, wanted to move forward and how I wanted to continue to run um, and not just like continue to run at the level I was, but, but get better. So, um, yeah, so I started to implement some of these changes. And obviously I was still going in at that point about once a month to get my checkups with the doctor, you know, um, uh, checking things like cholesterol, blood pressure, uh, do ECGs and things like that now and again. And over the course of several months, well, maybe, you know, several, several to, to 12 months, I guess, um, I started to lose weight again. I started to um, get fitter and stronger. My blood pressure came down, et cetera. And I remember the, the doctor saying to me, um, you know, probably after about nine to 10 months saying, wow, um, like you've made this incredible progress. We don't usually see this type of progress when people, you know, like must be the medications working so much better for you than other people. And I actually said, well, actually I'd, I'd weaned myself off the medication without telling my doctor, I wouldn't suggest this to anyone else. Um, (laughs) I'd like dropped it down and then cut out completely. And for about the last three months before that checkup, I hadn't been taking any. And that's actually when the biggest changes happened. And I actually told my doctor at that point, I said, look, this is what's actually happened. And he said, okay, well, I, I can't actually agree with that because, you know, like as a doctor, I, we advise our patients to do, you know, follow our instructions. But he said, however, 
what you're doing appears to be working. So, you know, I, that's all I can say, you know. Mm, um, mm. And obviously, once again, I'm not suggesting that anyone go against any medical advice. I'm just suggesting that you should find the path that works best for you. And obviously, there might be some trial and error involved in that and, um, you know, uh, consequences for that. So you've got to find what works for you. And so what, what did work for you when you were looking and educating yourself in, in lots of different ways from diet, et cetera? Like what, what did you find fitted for you, like diet-wise? What, what, uh, what, what led you down that path? Um, what worked for me at the time was there was, in the, the, the stuff I was advised to be eating, there was still a lot of, um, even though it was healthier stuff, there was still a lot of... Uh, higher sugar carbohydrate types foods in there but they were natural so people don't sort of you know um and and trust me i'm not a low carb keto uh i'm not vegetarian i'm not plant-based i'm not a carnivore diet i'm not paleo i'm not i'm not into any of those things i'm into finding out what works best for me then i look at the blood results and and adjust it accordingly so I found that the diet they were recommended, I was actually gaining weight and it seemed to be quite heavily based on, um, uh, even though there was, you know, I had a lot of plant-based um, uh, uh, eating in it, the, the healthier diet and fiber-based, there was still quite a lot of high carb and higher um, foods that have like natural sugars in them. Um, and I found that um, with that, plus the lack of activity also, uh adjusting that round to to lean more towards sort of like a protein and fat a healthy fat-based diet and when i say fats i mean like avocados and you know olive oil and olives yeah um this seemed to make a big difference so i started to i guess you could call it more like mediterranean eating um i was told to keep away from things like cheese but uh and, and that is you know that's obviously good advice but uh because it is high in fat but I, I started to eat more sort of like this type of mediterranean way of eating uh, and i didn't realize that at the time it was just to try something different and that seemed to make a big difference um also portion sizes i, I just you know I, I was probably still eating portion sizes that were a little too big for for my energy output so i just cut down those a little and that that made a big difference as well Brilliant. And how was your confidence, like especially if we were to bring the marathon back into the chat, when you signed up for your next one, like how was, because I can't obviously identify with, with what you've experienced, but I can imagine if you get to certain distances, you think, will it happen again, et cetera. And, you know, with the choices you are now making, you felt, you know, you, you were gaining confidence, I'd imagine, with your new habits. And, and so that plays a massive part in that. But did it, would it play on your mind, you know, as, as you were running? Not for a moment, actually, to be honest. Um, okay. In fact, it had the, had the opposite effect. It was more like, uh, I, I, you know, I've, I've used the saying in my uh, posts before and, 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 uh, and I can't remember the, the person that said it, uh, but it was your second life begins when you realize you only have one life. And okay. I think this was the key for me was, was the, you know, the first, I guess, tap on the shoulder was the earthquake. The second one was the, the heart disease, finding out about the heart disease, uh, having the surgery and et cetera. And I thought, okay, um, you know, this is my life. 
it's going to end. Uh, it's actually, you are going to die. And most of us, we, you know, we know this, but we don't accept it. We don't, we think, oh, we've got all the time. We can do whatever. So I thought, okay, now each day is important. Each, whatever I do each day is, is it. So for me, going out and running again was like, I would rather die doing this than waiting, taking pills and, and you know, like, adding years to my life, but not really doing anything that's fulfilling me or challenging me. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, it, it was like, yeah, more to actually get out and experience life and make the most of it. Cause we never know. Uh, none of us know when it's actually, you know, when it's going to end. Um, so why the hell not make the most of it right now? So yeah, had kind of an opposite effect rather than be more careful. It was like, get out there and live. Love that. So powerful, you know, I took a took a deep breath as you were talking, and then it is that kind of um, uh, what's the way of putting it? It's 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 them fine margins in life, isn't it? With how how your I suppose a large large amount of it is down to mindset. You know how you how you embrace what comes and use it to kind of fuel your next steps, as we kind of kind of brought up earlier on in the conversation. And yeah, you know, and you went a particular way, which feels you know absolutely powerful you know and uh and invigorating and uh yeah and and, and then energizing you know and uh yeah it's great you know it's it's it's, it's just great to hear uh, that that approach you know because as you've mentioned just as humans at times you know there's certain subjects that you don't really want to be thinking about or consumed by you know because you know it's attached to fear and if you live in that kind of fear state you can really kind of hold you back in a lot of ways but yeah, if we can, if there's a level of acceptance or acknowledgement, whatever way you want to pull it, or just some awareness around the fact that you know we're on this earth for a limited amount of time, we never quite know what's around the corner. Uh, and if you can approach it with that mindset of okay, let's let's follow that curiosity, you know, let's see what I'm capable of, let's see where I can go, and and the impact I can have on the world in a positive way, um, and lean into that. Yeah, I just believe that there's 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 a lot there's a lot to be there's a lot to be experienced, you know, that, that we, that we as humans, not everybody obviously, but uh, are scared of, I suppose, you know, and I'll put myself in that, in, you know, with some of my experiences in life and some of the corners I've been pushed into have kind of forced me in, in, in a way to think a certain way, you know, and, uh, and I'm grateful for that, you know, um, bring great uh, gratitude into the conversation. So yeah, great, mate. You really, really inspired me with that last little, yeah, that last little bit of the conversation. So, so great. So, yeah, tell us more then about cool, how you were now, now in the world. So, so you, you were uh, you're doing the marathons again. You've got more confidence. You were kind of going out there and living life as 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 the days uh, come to you. Uh, you. You toured the world. You said you've got a love for travel. Where, where did after New Zealand and Christchurch? Where, where was your next location? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I've always wanted to travel, but obviously, uh, being younger, had a family quite young, um, and you know, uh, working, never got the opportunity. Well, actually, no, I, I did, but I chose not to take it. Uh, you know, we, we can make excuses till the cows come home, but if you, if there's a will, there's a way. But um, yeah, so the first place I went actually was Italy. Um, uh, well, I mean, I obviously travelled to places like Australia and whatever before that, but uh, you know. Um, first long trip and and uh so i went to italy and that's where i met my uh my partner uh at the moment fran who's a um uh chilean uh 
from is from Chile originally, but she's also part Spanish and uh, Italian. So met there. Uh, then I went to Chile. I uh, went to the US. I uh, ran the Boston Marathon in the end. Uh, qualified and ran it. Uh, took that one Amazing. off the list. Yeah, yeah. great. Uh, which was cool. Um, and since then, wow, yeah, been to all over the place. Run through the deserts in Dubai, two hundred and seventy kilometers there. Uh, in the Chilean Andes, obviously, um, the European Alps, uh, the Copper Canyons of Mexico with the Taramata um, locals. Um, Incredible. US all over the place, yeah. Um, any, and, any, and, hi- you know, any highlights Any highlights in there? I mean, they all sound like an amazing places and sometimes, yeah, it feels a bit rude to kind of, you know, pick one or two out, but is there, is there any kind of ex- one experience that you think, like, wow, like that was... That was something else. Yeah, I mean, you know, once you've you've made a good point that each experience is so unique and different that uh, it has its own special memories. But you know, certainly running in the the Copper Canyons in the north of Mexico, um, it's kind of like the Grand Canyon but bigger and with trees. Um, <laughs> okay. You know that, that that was incredible. Just sitting around a campfire at night with with other runners, and you know, it, we're, it was. Um, a race over five days where we ran through the canyons up and down them and uh, sitting there with the locals and the other runners was, was just incredible. Um, you know, seeing all the stars out at night, there's no like light pollution. There's, there's nothing around. Um, the, the sunrise or the sunsets uh, in the desert in Dubai, you know, running through the night and seeing the sunrise there, you know, the sky's like a thousand shades of orange and pinks and reds and the shadows across the sand dunes um, just, just takes your breath away, you know? Mm. Um, but I think in all these places, the Dolomites in Italy in all these places, it's not just the place. It's the people that you're with in those places that you remember the most, which kind of leads me back to that point of, you know, we can have everything in the world, all the money, all the houses and cars and gadgets and whatever. But for me personally, I found without the experience uh, of being in these amazing places and sharing it with the people that, you know, have become friends the, that I love, that I care about, um, all the other stuff really means nothing at all. Um, and that's not to say you know, obviously, I realize I'd like to pay my power bill um, and go to the, the grocery store. But, you know, the moments that we're truly grateful for aren't how we don't, I don't think people lie on their deathbed thinking, well, at least I died with, you know, a million dollars in my bank account. Now I can be happy. Um, you Absolutely. Know, yeah. yeah. Well, actions speak louder than words, and uh, you've absolutely put, you know, some action in and, uh, and gone and done it. Like you said, it's, it's kind of easy. Um, I say easy. You know, it's, it's kind of a, a plain words, really, because it, it's it's not necessarily. It might be perceived as easy, but you know, to actually, you know, one day, as we all know, life, you know, time flies. One day rolls into another day, and before you know, a week's gone, a month's gone, a year's gone. It's like, oh, what have I done? You know, but to actually get out there and amongst it, and as you, you know, travel to these places and go and do these things. Like that, that's, there's, there's a lot of willingness in there to, you know, to think, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to kind of talk about it. And uh, so, wow, what, what, what a mad few years. And, and you know, I, I would imagine that's certainly obvious that this last year has, has impacted some of what you had planned, I would guess. And yeah. uh, 
So, yeah, well, tell us about this this last year. I mean, you, you threw something into the conversation there around getting COVID. So, yeah, it might be, yes. yeah, I'm, I'm interested uh, to, to find out about, about that. Well, to be fair, uh, I've actually still travelled during the, the pandemic, uh, obviously not to the same degree. Uh, been to, I don't know, Brazil, obviously Chile, Sweden, um, Spain, Croatia, Greece, um, Denmark, Belgium, the UK. So wow. I've still manages to, you know, like, and I'm not saying it's been easy. Mexico as well, back to Mexico. Uh, I'm not saying it's been easy. It's been challenging. And, you know, there's obviously some people out there that would, would say, well, you should have stayed in one place and not done various things, et cetera, et cetera. You know, everyone's free to, to make their own choices. I, I did everything, uh, met all the requirements, carried it out, you know, followed all the regulations, um, obviously did my best to protect myself, uh, but eventually caught COVID, which is, you know, with a virus, it's like catching a cold. You're not going to, you're not going to avoid it if it's out there. Um, uh, anyway, and um, yeah, so I traveled a lot during that time. I didn't race so much, but I still got to see the world and experience um, these different places. And, you know, something I, I see more as I travel, and I haven't traveled extensively. I'm not an expert in any of these, these uh, you know, things. But something I see more as I travel is that everywhere I go where culture is different and, and people have different values and views, the one, the thing that I start to see more and more of is how how similar we are, no matter where we come from, what religion we believe in or our points of view. And that is, in general, not what we see on the news, but what you see in real life on the ground is people are kind, people are willing to help, people will um, look after each other within their own communities and their wider community. It's a shame we don't hear more of these stories. And I guess um, seeing this for myself makes me believe in the world isn't such a bad place and, you know, uh, it's a lot better than probably what we're told to believe. Anyway, just my personal experience. But, yeah, the, this COVID time has certainly been interesting, uh, challenging, and catching COVID myself uh, um, and ending up in hospital for in a COVID isolation ward in a Brazilian hospital was certainly uh, an eye-opener for me and also very humbling. Um, you know, uh, the I guess the issues or the mistake I, I made was thinking I was a fit athlete um, and obviously still am. Uh, um, I've recovered now. I'm okay. Uh, I thought that I could just, like, you know, get over it. And I unfortunately just got sicker and sicker and left it too long. I would suggest that if anyone gets sick, with COVID or anything else, uh, just go get it checked out. And, and you know, uh, the earlier you can receive some kind of treatment or help, the, the better. But I think that applies to common sense with pretty much anything in life. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, it was certainly what, what having COVID taught, showed me was um, how hard people work to care for you. So I was a Kiwi guy in a Brazilian hospital um that you know couldn't speak portuguese and the most of the people there couldn't speak english but you know caring for other people and looking after them and really becoming interested in helping them get better is part of the human condition and i think we've we've sort of lost this in the news but i think to see it in real life how much these people cared 
was incredible. And, and I can't thank the doctors and nurses enough for taking really good care of me and helping me bounce back and get back out there on, and on my feet. So, yeah, once again, um, just really grateful for, you know, I think really grateful for these experiences, the things like earthquakes, the heart stuff, the, having COVID gives me a deeper sense of gratitude and um, makes me see the good rather than the bad. And I, I know people say about how did you survive all this or how did you manage all this? Why didn't you give up? But I, I think it does the opposite. I think it, it makes you appreciate more what you have. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 No, and, and it is a delicate one. You know, sometimes, you know, with gratitude, you've got to have empathy and, and some awareness around, you know, not everybody's on the same page all the time, you know, different circumstances. And there's, exactly. you know, there's, there's somebody right now, or I'll say somebody, a good few people uh, around the world getting some really traumatic news as we talk, you know, so you've got to kind of be aware of that. But as you've alluded to, and, you know, your best place to, to share these kind of things, and I've got my own experiences and stories where, um, you know, once you once you go through certain things, you experience certain things, and come out the other side of them. You know, the the only option for me is to lean into the, the gratitude and, and and thank somebody somewhere that these things happened. Because what's the alternative? You know, you let it swallow you up and become so overwhelming that you just kind of sit in that fear again that I brought up earlier on. So you know, I'm a big believer in that. Yes, be hyper aware that. Not everybody tunes into gratitude and they might think I've got nothing to be grateful for. But then, you know, my firm belief is, and I've been to some type of dark places, for want of a better word, is there's always something to be grateful for. There's always that spark in you, which you can kind of just attach yourself to that one positive when, when all the world seems to be against you, you know, to yeah. think, okay, there, there's this one thing. Uh, let that bit, which is a big part of the fabric we've been run grateful for. What is that one thing that I've been grateful for? Let that be my driver. Let that be my focus. And then from there, hopefully, we'll open up this this new world of positivity. And, and as you've suggested, you know, it's, it's very easy. And, and sometimes, you know, we are absolutely manipulated to go down these avenues um, with the news and kind of outlets of that nature that influences some of what we see and hear the noise of the world, as I'll call it. But if you were to kind of look around and look beyond that, there's actually some incredible things that go on in this world. There's some amazing people, some really uplifting stories, you know, some, you know, like you mentioned, different communities you know, that are there for each other. And, you know, and it's just that kind of the core human behaviour, which is ultimately, you know, uh, we're good people, you know, most of us, you know, but more often yeah. than not, we are and, uh, and we're out there. And uh, so, yeah, and, and that's a big part of, you know, putting Run Grateful into the world is just for us to play our part in that conversation. You know, listen, let's connect through gratitude, let's share some stories around, you know, things that we can be grateful for and hopefully that people can relate and identify with what we're trying to do. And, yeah, and we can just build from there, you know? Yeah, so, totally, man. Yeah, no, and, I love it. And I, Mark, I love what you shared, yeah. And you made a really good point, actually, just then, Um saying that not everyone can be in that space or feels that way. And that's okay too. You know, yes. um, I, I'm not saying that everything I go through, I love. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would choose, you know, in hindsight, in some cases, not to have certain experiences uh, because they suck. I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's, it's true in life. It, it, you know, it's not all, um, well, there's a lesson to be learned here. Sometimes stuff just happens and it's just yes. bad and it's, yeah. it's just crap. And, you know, you think, yeah. well, why did that happen to me? That's okay too. 
However, I think, um, you know, sometimes things just happen for no reason. Sometimes good and bad things happen and there's, they're just way beyond anything that we have any control over. So I think for me, finding gratitude, not necessarily in every situation, but having that as like a default to come back to to say, well, I'm here, I'm alive, you know, open yes. my eyes today. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't mean that things can't still suck and go wrong. Um, well, so so everyone... It's very similar to that life and death conversation that we've kind of half floated with uh, during this chat. But it's just yeah. like, you know, to assume that nothing bad is going to happen to you throughout the course of your lifetime is, is probably very unrealistic. You know, you don't go Correct. seeking these things. And, uh, you know, some people do. But, you know, if we just talk more generally here, you don't go seeking these things. Uh, but, you know, th- you're not expecting them to happen, you know, just around the corner, you know, but... You know, they will happen, you know, so it's just a bit like, okay, and this is where I lean into my my learnings from various things that I've been through. How can I best support myself every day? You know, my positive habits, positive routines, my support network, what I'm influenced by. So then when things and it, you know, do happen, you know, I've had a couple of examples over the last couple of weeks. Am I am I in the best possible place more often than not to deal with what's coming? You know, how am I going to adapt to certain situations? And as you've mentioned, as, as I have, it's only through going through certain things that you have that clarity or that kind of mindset. Um, so that's where yeah, after the occasion, which is shit, and you would rather yeah. not go through, uh, yeah, if you true. were to kind of you know, live to see another day, literally, um, yeah, you can kind of just acknowledge that gratitude somewhere is, is somewhere in that process. But it's normally after the denial and the anger and, the, you know, and all them lovely emotions that 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 do come along when we feel like which is yeah which is perfectly fine because we're human you know Uh, it's it's part of the journey part of the the process and that's okay yeah and a lot of this and and i know you have because you've alluded to it more than more than once is a lot of what i'm sharing back with you and uh, you know some of the the, the thoughts that you're provoking in me is i've learned through running you know just that that resilience and this kind of just using that as, a, as one of my support mechanisms, you know, and, and running has been huge, absolutely huge in, uh, yeah, in all that I'm feeding back to, you know, it's, it's played such a huge part. For sure. I, I think movement and physical activity is, you know, it, it's something we're born to do as, as humans. Um, uh, we're designed to move and be active. I mean, we, we weren't born with this body and this, this uh, you know, uh, skeletal and muscular structure just to like, do nothing we're designed to do something to move to be active and i think you know i mean obviously there's a lot of um medical scientific evidence to show that that movement is good for for our, our mind as well um you know obviously the release of endorphins and and a whole lot of other chemicals in our bodies naturally producing ones that that make us feel better about ourselves and are better able to cope with things like depression anxiety uh, stress, etc. So, yeah, certainly, I think you know. Apart from the the physical benefits of running, there's a, a lot of um, uh, psychological, physiological, a whole lot of other benefits to it as well. Well, mm. running, dancing, swimming, horse riding, whatever you know, golf, mm. whatever, just That's movement. It. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, move, move with gratitude. You know, it's the name of yeah. our podcast because you know, combine the two, and uh, there's a bit of a, a winning formula there, in my opinion. You know, so. Uh, yeah, you know, I've, I'm sold. 
Ian, I'm sorry, you just absolutely just reaffirm that to me. So, uh, and we all need reminded some days, you know, although it's we do, in, the, yeah. in, the, in the fabric of me and, you know, I'm constantly being reminded and the evidence is always building to, to suggest this is, you know, a decent way to, to live. But more often than not, you still need people to, you know, reassure you and go on that with you, you know. Exactly. Well, what what other activity can you think of where uh, where you get, you know, uh, for example, Boston or the Chicago Marathon, you know, 40,000 40, people all together combined doing one activity peacefully and and sharing it with each other, you know, like um, it, it's all, you know, it's like it, it's it's amazing. You can get so many people together from different races, religions, uh, belief systems uh genders heights ages whatever you want to say and they're all working together connected, towards a common connected. goal and, and active yeah. and connected and and they're doing it peacefully without you know whatever um so you know that says something about like how running can bring or or any kind of activity i guess can bring people and communities together and and transcend like a lot of the barriers that we we our man-made barriers i guess that we put up Hundred percent, and hopefully, you know, one day soon we can. I don't know whereabouts in the world, um, but yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah. We, we we can line up on that start line together as well, and do do a few grateful miles together. That would be uh, that'd be amazing, Ian. It will uh, be so, awesome. So, man. so, so as as we just come to to the end of this chat, mate, which has been so inspiring for me, and it's really set set me up for the rest of the, the weekend. Really, uh, I always like to kind of half finish with with a couple of uh, fun questions. Uh, okay. of about, I sound like a dad there fun questions and I, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah just, just to throw a little bit of a different vibe into this because uh, it throws up some interesting answers but uh, whilst out on your grateful mile or two or hundred in your case um, and you if you were to come across a genie lamp in that desert in that Dubai desert or in them in the mountains uh, and you had your three wishes uh, what, what would them three wishes be yeah, uh, anything come to mind uh, this is always a good one because a lot of the time we wish for things that we want for ourselves uh, and which is perfectly fine too. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. You know, I, I, I guess personally, as a personal wish, I wish that when I get to the end of my life, I, I feel that I've, I haven't left anything undone that I wanted to do. I don't have the regrets or, you know, um, thinking about what I should have done or shouldn't have done. Uh, I want to wish to be a better person. Um, and that's something that I, we, we all have to work on, but you know, I, I have to do it for myself uh, every day, every day when I wake up, because I, I make a lot of mistakes in my life, believe it or not. <laughs> so yeah, I wish to be a better person, wish that I could um, live a fulfilling life and not just fulfilling for me, but fulfilling for the people around me and those I love. And, um, you know, I wish everyone else finds their own happiness, the thing that they works for them um, love it. in the, you know, in the world, whatever that is, their own version of happiness. Love that. Fantastic. And on that note, that's a, it's not a, Bad place to finish, mate, on that note. Um, yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, repeating myself, but re really, really great chat. Uh, I had a hunch that this was going to be, yeah, re really, uh, really positive kind of conversation. And uh, and I really thank you for your time and 
uh, yeah, and just sharing some of what you shared, and, and I'm sure there's so much more there. Um, and uh, no doubt, we've not even kind of, you know, tips of the iceberg with some of what you shared back there. So, yeah, wait, wait, uh, offline one day, you know, our, our, our paths will cross, and uh, we're connected now in some ways, which is a step in the right direction. Yeah, with, with sure, that in mind. So, so yeah, just uh, yeah, don't be a stranger. I look forward to following your journey as it continues, and uh, thanks for being part of what I'm grateful of putting together and putting out new into the world. And uh, yeah, thank, thank you for uh, sharing your gratitude with us. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for the no opportunity to, to chat.